So it's good to be with you all. As Howard mentioned, you know, over the years, because we're a relatively small movement, you wear a lot of hats, you do a lot of things. And, um, and, and I've been involved in a lot of things. But now as a 62-year-old, I'm looking for the last mountain to climb, the last biggie, you know what I mean? I've asked God for 30 more years. We'll see. You know, you can't predict those things. But I'm, I'm hoping for that because I feel that it's very important that Messianic Judaism, which in my view is the most important movement or people movement on the religious scene in the world today. I really believe that. I really believe it. I believe it because of two critically important facts, two ideas which are so pillars, so central to everything. Here's, here they are. Ready for them? Here's the two. Number one, the resurrection of Yeshua really happened. You agree with that this morning? Yeah, it's a pillar. If we hopped in a time machine and hid behind the bushes in Jerusalem, we would see the bodily resurrection of Yeshua. And the implications that flow from that are so staggering because he's the man. He's the one. He's the one who's going to rescue the world from itself one day. You know what I mean? So that's a pillar. Ready for the second pillar? Here's the second pillar. God has made a covenant with the Jewish people, which is eternal, because for reasons he has chosen not to reveal to us, the Jewish people are the conduit of his blessing to the entire world. That's the second pillar. Well, you put those things together, and what do you get? Messianic Judaism, right? I mean, if those two things are true, the implications that flow, the ideas that flow, here we are. So we're not the biggest thing in the world, and we're not the richest, and blah, blah, blah. So what? There's more truth per square inch at Beth Messiah than any other place in this city. <laughs> and that's the truth, okay? So, but then the question is, how do you keep it going? Well, we have this 40 or 50 years of, of collective you know, wisdom among leaders and lay people and others in the movement, and what we need is a receptacle for all that wisdom and a conduit that all that wisdom can be shared for the next, to the next generation of rabbis and worship leaders and lay leaders and folks. So what I'd like to do is use my flute today. I'm primarily a trombone player, but flute is so much easier to schlep. You know what I mean? And people like flute. So I, I schlep my flute, and, um, and I'd like to allow music, and some people have said that music is the language of God, you know, that he created the world through the vibrations of music. And, Speculative, but, but, meaning, but I think meaningful. And so I'd like the elements of music to teach us a few lessons about how Congregation Beth Messiah could be here 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now. Because congregations, and this is an unfortunate reality, oftentimes they fall apart. And you undoubtedly have seen that. Oh, there is this big church, and it was going like guns. And 10 years later, you go, whatever happened to that? Oh, they fell apart. Well, usually it's not because of external pressures. Usually it's because of internal things that go wrong. You, you see what I'm saying? So I want to protect you because you're important, and I want to share some lessons with you using the elements of music. So if we were to think of the elements of music, one that we think of is rhythm. Rhythm, right? Now, I want you to help me with this. Okay, rhythm, very important element in music. Okay, does it see? Gentlemen, sit up straight. Got to use your diaphragm. Okay, um, here you go. 
bum, 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 I'm not hearing you, bum, 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 open up here, bum, 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 right here, bum, 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 excellent. That was good, guys. Now see, that's, that's the rhythm. It's the bass line, but it's also the rhythm. The rhythm. The rhythm. Life is rhythmical. Our heartbeat is rhythmical. Jewish life is rhythmical. And I want to suggest that one of the ways to maintain a great congregational life is to commit ourselves to the rhythms of Jewish life. Particularly, we think about Shabbat as the main rhythm which binds us as Messianic Jews. Very important that we maintain that rhythm, the Jewish rhythm. And uh, why do I suggest that as something that's important to maintain? And if we don't do it, we're going to be in big trouble. Because our culture, the culture that we live in, doesn't like rhythms, religious rhythms. Doesn't like God-centered rhythms. Our culture is oriented a very different way. And Shabbat is not on a lot of Jewish people's minds anymore. Would you agree with me on that? It's, unfortunately, it's true. But there's an old expression. The Jews keep Shabbat and the what? Shabbat keeps the Jews. Right. Because it's the rhythm of Shabbat in particular. We can talk about other rhythms. There's lots of whoops, rhythms within rhythms in Jewish life. But Shabbat is a critically important one. But nowadays, parents are making a big mistake. And it's a kind of idolatry. Now, in Boston, we have soccer is very big. Is soccer big around here? And a lot of it's Saturday morning. And I think that little round ball, we, I call it the God soccer. <laughs> and parents bow before the God soccer. Oh, soccer. Oh, we bow before you. Please make my children well-adjusted human beings who know how to function in the world well, know how to compete with us and play nice. Oh, please make them all they need to be. We bow before you, oh, soccer. Right? Wrongo. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It is functionally a kind of idolatry where people elevate sports for their kids and all of a sudden Shabbat becomes secondary or, or even less in importance because the kid has the, the, the soccer meet or football or this or that. And I want to suggest to you that if you want to have a great congregation, Shabbat has to be maintain its importance. Now look, I have four grown children. I know that it's not so easy to pull this off all the time because if your kids go to public schools, as mine did, our son Dan, for example, he wanted to play football. He wanted to play football ever since he was a little guy. And we sent him to the public high school, and he wanted to play football. So what we did is we said this. I'm, I'm giving you an accommodation so as not to preach this lofty sermon that you go home and forget about, because who can, you know, that relig what, what Rabbi Rich said is for angels, not for human beings, you know. So I want to kind of give you a strategy here. Number one, when the kids are little, bring them to services. And in our house, that's the way it was. And you came, kid. That's the way, that, we don't care we, unless you were sick. That's another story. But this is what you did. But we did have to accommodate for a few weeks out of the year because there were four or five football games that were on Saturday mornings. And our thought was, if we shut Dan down completely, 
we, he could become very resentful against his faith, and we don't want that. You follow what I'm saying? So instead of doing that, we said, okay, for those four or five weeks out of the year, and only for those, you have to be home Friday night for Shabbat dinner, and after the game, you come home, and, and you know the rest of the day, we, we do what we do on Shabbat, which is rest. We chill out. He said, Mom and Dad, fine, I'll do that. So we didn't go to the games, but he went to those. And there were other games on other nights that we, we did go to, to support him. What I'm saying is that you've got to stand against the idolatry of the patterns of American culture, which will just rob Jewish life of its vitality. But I'm also saying that I'm realistic enough to know that sometimes you have to make certain accommodations, and in Dan's case, we did. Not with the other kids, it wasn't necessary, but with Dan. So what am I saying? Shabbat keeps the Jews as the Jews keep Shabbat. And Beth Messiah will land safe year after year, decade after decade, if that value is inculcated. But all of us have to make the choice to live that way successfully. And we could also, we could talk about holidays, of course, and they're important too. And, and then there's the rhythms of daily life, of prayer, etc., etc. But I'm focusing on Shabbat this morning. Are you with me on this thing? Okay, well, you are because you're here. See, so in that sense, you're demonstrating already that you believe this is true. Very important. Rhythm. Rhythm of life. Now, what's another element of music? There's rhythm. What's next, do you think? What might there be? Any ideas? We'll get to melody, but what's another one? Harmony. Harmony. Okay, guys. You remember? Bum, 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 bum. Now, I need all the ladies on this side of the room to sing this. Die, 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 die. Die, 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 die. Sing it out, ladies. Die, 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 die. Here we go, guys. Bum, 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 Thank you. That was beautiful. Isn't harmony wonderful? Harmony is so great. I love harmony. Now I want to talk about harmony. Harmony musically is two or more notes which go together and create a certain atmosphere to the sound. And so a minor chord, for example, a minor harmony sounds a bit sad and major is happy. And you, you know what that is and you've heard that. Well, I want to talk about harmony as a critical element for congregational development, for your congregation's success long-term. Harmony has to do with people getting along well with each other. <clears throat> but here's the problem. In any community, if you're here long enough, you will get mad at somebody. <laughs> it's true in my congregation. It's just the way it is. I'll give you an example. It's Oneg Shabbat. And you're the head of Oneg, and you would ask, I'll pick a name, Sandy. And I, if there's a real Sandy here, I'm not, I have no idea if you're Sandy. This is completely hypothetical. I could call you Fnufnuf. I could call you anything. But I'll call you Sandy. And, and, and Sandy, you lead the Oneg Shabbat. And there's a lady who um, you ask, would you bring potato salad next week? And next week, Oneg Shabbat comes along, and there's a special place in the line for potato salad, 
and it is empty. The other person did not bring the potato salad. Okay? All right? No potato salad. All right, we'll make it. And you ask the person again, Sandy, to please bring potato salad. You didn't bring Oh, I will. Uh, uh, yes, I got it. I'll bring potato salad. And the next Shabbat comes along, and you're on looking at the, pla- the, the table with your locks and cream cheese and everything, and in the potato salad spot, there's nothing. Empty potato salad spot. And you're a little mad about it. Now, this is a trite and silly example, but examples can be multiplied and sometimes are much more serious because we're human beings, we see things from a limited perspective, and we don't always follow through. So what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do, because you want to maintain harmony in the community, the right thing to do is to follow what Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 18, where he spoke about a method of conflict resolution, which if we follow it, it'll solve 95% of all congregational problems. And family problems too, but we're talking about the congregation. And that is, if you feel someone has forgotten the potato salad, or whatever it might be in your particular circumstance, you go to them and say, listen, may I talk to you privately? May I talk? Can we talk? Sure, what's up? Well, I don't want to talk about it here. Can we go in the room over there down the hall and just talk for a bit? Yeah. You go into the room and you say, you know, two weeks in a row, you've promised to bring potato salad. And there has been empty potato salad spot on the on the own egg table, and frankly, I'm a little mad about it, and I, I just want to know what's, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. You know, the kids had chicken pox last week, we, and my husband was out of town, and I, it just slipped my mind again. I was just so preoccupied, and I am sorry. And then Sandy goes, oh, I didn't know that the kids had chicken pox. Okay, that's fine. And you give each other a hug, and it's over. And it's over. But what happens in congregations when things don't follow that pattern, and when people don't talk about them and work them out, and we don't do it because we're afraid of conflict, etc.? What happens is sometimes these issues go underground, and they become like little cancers that a year later, two years, five years later, because they formed an overarching understanding of the other person's motivations and goodness and everything, and and, and it's never been resolved. And then all of a sudden these things come out because someone raises an issue that has nothing to do with what happened a year ago, but that's still there, and there's fighting and there's conflict in a congregation. Have you ever had that type of experience in other congregations you've been in? It's awful. And instead of a congregation being a place where you walk in where there's peace and harmony, instead, it's a place with an underlying tension. And you can feel it, and other people can feel it, and it becomes a source of disequilibrium. And sometimes when the conflicts are serious enough, it can cause the end of the congregation. And before you know it, it's bought by some other Islamic group or whatever, you know, the building, you know. And, And you don't want that. You want to be here. You want to be here because you've got something precious to protect around here. But you've got to work toward harmony, and that means you have to transcend your natural reluctance to deal with issues and 
say, can we talk about the potato salad? And of course, I use that emblematically. It's, it's not, I wish it was just about potato salad. It's, it's you know, it's not. And, and this is very important, and leaders need to do this too. Can we talk? Let's work this out. Now, the pattern in Matthew 18 is that sometimes you try and work it out, but you need some help. And so it says then you call on other trusted people, mature people, to arbitrate this thing and help it resolve. And that's good. Worst case scenario is that it's an intractable problem where someone so refuses to deal with the issue in a godly way, on rare occasion, and we've, in our 30-something, 35-year history, we've never had to do this, but you've got to ask the person to leave because, because community is so important to God that, he's, that we can't sacrifice it on the altar of, uh, of, of, su- of superficial getting along without dealing with issues. Now again, there's always two sides to everything. It doesn't mean that you go to everyone about everything. My rule is this, if I can blow a slight off, in other words, if someone slights me, and I can just blow it off, oh, you know, if I can just let it go, then I let it go, and I'm not going to make an issue of it. You can't be constantly going to one another about every little thing, that kind of hypersensitive spirit. But if I can't let it go, I'm going to that person, I'm going to say, listen, maybe... Maybe there's nothing here, but I've just got to talk to you about this because when you did so-and-so last week, it really hurt my feelings. And, you know, I just got to talk with you about it. And more often than not, people are very receptive and we can go on. So, are you in favor of harmony? Yeah? Okay. Let's try that little thing again there. Get my my note here. Mm -hmm. Bum, 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 bum. Bum bum, ladies on this side. Die 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 great. Now, someone else mentioned another element of music. Remember what that was? Melody, melody, oh, now melody. Melody, traditionally in Western music, had been the most important element in music. And rhythm and harmony would support melody. And so we think of the great songs of the 1940s. One of my favorites is Stardust. Now that, what a melody. Okay. Well, nowadays, nowadays, probably because giant corporations own the music studios and they have a different motivation than producing beautiful music, rhythm predominates. Harmony is, is not nearly as sophisticated as it used to be, but melody really suffers. And yet melody should be understood as the goal. Melody is the thing you're saying with the music, and the other elements are supportive of melody. And um, so, we need to sing a clear melody. I want to talk about melody with you, but ladies on this side, I love Yeshua, Yeshua the King. Two, three, four, here we go. I, no, forget the I. No, that's too individual. We, we, corporate, right? Corporate solidarity. We love Yeshua, Yeshua the King. Bum, 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 guys, bum, 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 bum. 
We love Yeshua, Yeshua the King. Bum, bum, bum. Ladies, this side, remember what you do. Die, 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 die. We love Yeshua, Yeshua the King. Bum, bum, bum. Again, here we go. We love Yeshua, Yeshua the King. Oh, you sing good. Yeah, bring it out, ladies. Here we go. Die, 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 dum, 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 Wasn't that pretty? I think you could take it on the road. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, things. You know, you just all go. You know, beautiful. Now, see, the melody has to be clear. The melody has to be clear. The melody defines what the music is all about, and everything else is is supportive. Now, the melody that you guys sing, Yeshua is king. And that's really, really important. Now, at your school that you have here, you explore the implications of his kingship against the backdrop of Jewish life. And I'm not going to, I love to teach. This afternoon, I'll teach on some of that. We'll talk about that this afternoon. But, but what I want to focus on is the melody that exalts the king. Because Messianic Judaism can make either of two huge mistakes. And I think because of lack of education and lack of reflection, uh, some groups don't get it right. One mistake is that there's no Jewish integrity to what happens, so really our critics are right in saying you're just, you're just a church in a minor key. Scratch a little bit and you know, you're, you're, there's nothing really Jewish going on here with any integrity. And that's a, that's a big mistake. The other mistake is on the other side that I'm focusing on, and that is that Jewish liturgi- litur- liturgical expression or other things or cultural life becomes so elevated, and Yeshua becomes a kind of de facto afterthought. No one intends it to be that way, but that's the net result. But I want to tell you that Yeshua is the greatest. He's the best. He the one who is the word who existed before any creation was around at all, in the fullness of time, he came into this world as our teacher, as the one who identified with our experience, who had the courage to speak truth to power, who stood up for the little guy, exemplifying values in the Torah, but personifying them and exemplifying them, and and then giving himself as a as an atoning sacrifice for all the people who would trust in him, not only Jewish people, but non-Jews as well, and and then prove the point by rising from the dead. And he's the one who promises to come back one day and straighten out the military-industrial complex and everything else that needs straightening out. He's going to come back and make it all good. Are you excited about that? Stay excited about Yeshua, because he's, he's the one who we as Messianic Jews and Beth Messiah needs to continually exalt because 40 years from now, he is the one. He's the one. And cultivate what I call the big wow, the big W-O-W, the big wow about Yeshua. Love him, appreciate him, tell him when you're upset about things, 
love God, the God of Israel, and, and, and see Yeshua as the spitten image of the one of, of the God who brought us out of Egypt. I mean, there's a lot of theology and a lot of nuance here, but, but I just want you to have that clear melody. Want to sing a little bit? Bum, bum, bum. Bum 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 guys bum 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 ladies on this side die 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 here we go we love Yeshua Yeshua the King bum 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 we love Yeshua. Yeshua the King, bum, 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 bum. Great. Now, there's one more element of music. Hmm. Let me demonstrate it for you. Here it is. Ready? Ready for this? Okay. What's missing? There's no air going through the instrument. I mean, you've got to have, music is vibration, remember? Music is vibration. If it's a violin string, it's the vibration caused by the bow crossing the strings. If it's a trombone, it's the lip buzzing. If it's a flute, the air has to be, with a little tiny aperture, has to hit this plate here so that it vibrates and resonates through the instrument, and notes change by the length of the tubing, and that's how the notes change but there was no air. Well, what's the Hebrew word, not air so much, but wind or breath? Ruach. You see, you gotta have the ruach. If you don't have the ruach, there's no sound. Now, what do we mean by the ruach? Well, the ruach in our theology, in the UMJC, we are unashamedly Trinitarian, in that we believe that all the church presented in a way in Greek philosophical categories that are a little alien to our Jewish way of thinking about things, fundamentally, the Ruach is an expression of God's reality, and according to numerous passages, he's a personalized presence. Don't ask me how it works, I don't know. But I believe that there is the Father, the, the, the Av, the, the Bar, or Ben, and the Ruach, and these are all part of the, the uniplurality of God's very nature. But the Ruach is the one who makes it real for us. He is the active presence in, the, in God in this world, healing, blessing, moving, doing, because that's what wind does. It acts even though you can't see it, see? And so there's lots of passages about the Ruach and how important the Ruach is. The Ruach is the one who gives gifts of the Spirit. And different congregations have different orientations toward the more dramatic gifts, and I don't want to get into any of that, but I'm saying that if you don't have the Ruach present, then faith can become an intellectual exercise and your sense of personal existential connection with God, big word I know, but your sense of connection with God will be truncated because you've got to have the Ruach. And the Ruach is what makes it real for us. Now there's another aspect of the Ruach that I want to tell you about and I want to put it, the Ruach in, in Jewish context here and I want to talk with you just for a moment about the Ruach and what I call the halakhic process, okay? Now, in, I'm, I'm a jazz player primarily. Not, uh, I'm learning classical, but I'm primarily a jazz player. And in jazz, what you have is 
the notes on a page, and that's called the lead sheet. And that's the notes of the song. And chord symbols. That's the lead sheet. And that is always the same. It doesn't change. What the jazz musician does, though, is invent new melody, melodies spontaneously, which reflect the notes on the page, but go beyond them. Now, what does that have to do with Jewish life? I will tell you. Howard gets it already, but I will, I will tell you. I think. Okay. The Torah, the written Torah, is like the lead sheet. You don't mess with it. It is what it is. And it's the, the document of reference. That's where you go back. And for us, I should say, in terms of written revelation, as you have in your service, it's the Torah, it's the prophets, and the, and the, the Besorah, or the, the, the Brit Chadashah. All of this is part. You don't mess with that. That is what it is. But what rabbis and sages have understood through the centuries is that you have to do a bit of an ad-lib solo as you develop Judaism through the centuries because circumstances in life change. So we don't live in 17th century Poland. We live in America. And so rabbis getting together figure out what should be the ad-lib solo, what is the, the ad-lib, if you will, the, the new dimension that we bring to Torah, which allows people to function joyfully in real-life settings. Is that very abstract, or you got that okay? Okay? Okay. So the lead sheet is like the Torah, and the halakha, the developing tradition, is like the ad-lib solo, and in a jazz group, you have multiple ad-lib solos coming together into a unified whole, and that's what a group of rabbis does. They, they work it out together and come to kind of a consensus as to what the, what the new melody should look like, if you will, what the ad-lib looks like. Okay, so what are we saying? We're talking about ruach, and that the ruach is the active presence of God revealing and making it all real to us, and However you do it at Beth Messiah, I just want to urge you, if you want to land safe and not become cold and distant and detached, seek the Ruach. And your leaders will help you understand what the parameters of what that can look like, but seek the Ruach, because the Ruach makes it real. And we as leaders, Howard, myself, and, and dozens of others, we in one way or another are involved in saying, what's the solo, what's the jazz solo look like? There's the Torah, that's the unchanging written word. How do we live this out? That's all Ruach. So let me demonstrate all of this for you, okay? Bum, 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 more guys, bum, bum, more, bum, bum, more, bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Keep it up, bum, bum. Well, ladies, here we go. Die, 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 die. Die, 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 die. We love Yeshua. We love Yeshua. Yeshua the kingdom. Da, dum, bum, bum, dun, dun, dun.
Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Okay. <laughs>